So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. A crazy night in professional wrestling. AEW literally burns the house down in the main event with not only... Cody going through a table and burning his back, but an incredible matchup tonight in Atlanta. Plus, we had the great go-home show for NXT 2.0 ahead of War Games this Sunday. We're going to review, we're going to talk, and we're going to predict everything that's going on this week in pro wrestling. Here we go. It's the debrief. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. What's up, everyone? It's Jose G. It's Rico El Glorioso. It's time for the debrief here on Sports Keto Wrestling. Welcome to the show. We got lots to talk about. War Games is this Sunday. We're going to be talking about the great go-home show on Tuesday night for War Games. We had two incredible ladder matches, a lot of great stuff on Tuesday night. But tonight, AEW Dynamite. I thought, dude, I thought for from and I'm like, man, NXT took... This week's show, no, AEW Dynamite gave you a hell of a banger of a matchup at the end there in that Atlanta street fight between uh, between Cody and Andrade El Idolo. Man, we're going to jump into all of that. Before we get started, make sure you guys subscribe, like, share, and subscribe here in our Sports Kingdom Wrestling channel. We are over 23,000 right now on our subscription, so make sure you go over there, like, share, smash that notification bell on the subscribe button there so that way you never miss whenever we drop brand new content we got a brand new show that's going to be dropping tomorrow night that is called the ddp show the bro show with Vince Russo and dr chris featherstone that's going to be tomorrow night on our instagram and also we had the huge announcement earlier today on the top story the one and only legendary wrestling journalist himself bill after has joined the sports kita family He will be joining me on the show uh, from time to time, and he's going to be having a weekly show here on the show uh, on Sports Kita. So the only way you can keep up with all of it, you have to set your notifications to see first, so that way you never miss whenever we drop brand new stuff. Rico, what's up, broski? How you been, man? Been good, man. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. I hope everybody else watching here had happy Thanksgiving as well. And now it's time for the nitty-gritty. Now we got nxt war games coming up this weekend we're on the road also to winter is coming and we know how great aew does with these specialized events in two weeks we're gonna have winners coming we're gonna have brian anderson against hangman adam page for that aew world championship i'm excited for it jose how have you been i've been doing great man you know how it is here at sk wrestling the world the, the wrestling World and news never stop. It's a 24-hour cycle, and tonight is no different. Uh, We had an uh, an amazing AEW Dynamite, man. I thought the show uh, was really good from top to bottom. I really, there was, 
if, if I had to really nitpick at tonight's show, it might have been more towards the middle, maybe that CM Punk Lee Moriarty uh, matchup. It was afterwards, which is a little bit more entertaining, which we had another war of wars between MJF and CM Punk. But overall, man, the entire show was good from top to bottom. Uh, we had an opening matchup where Adam Hangman Pace, the current AEW champion, was actually on commentary for Jim Ross, but it was only in the opening matchup because, right. as we know, he had uh, we had a matchup with the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, going up against Allen Five Angels of the Dark Order. And just like Brian Danielson had mentioned, he stomped his uh, head in, his teeth in. He probably messed up his meniscus, his MCL, uh, so he said that after the match was over, said that everyone in the Dark Order, including Adam Page, is all beneath him, trying to get that extra heel heat that he's so good at. Uh, I thought this was great, bro. I thought this was a, a, a great thing. Also, Tony Khan had mentioned early in the night that they cannot touch each other, and if they did touch each other, that Adam Page would be suspended. No uh, so no touching. Brian Danielson taunted him. Uh, trash talked him and he, as he was walking up, got in his face. Uh, so, yeah, I think that exchange was good, building that anticipation to now that we know that the matchup is going to go down at winter is coming in two weeks on AEW Dynamite. The last time we had an inter a winter is coming special last year is when John Moxley and Candy Omega had that incredible matchup where we had that controversial ending uh, which uh, saw the coronation of Kenny Omega and his impressive reign as AEW champion. Mm -hmm. uh, thoughts on this, Rico? Uh, Heyman, Adam Page, Brian Danielson, are you getting hyped up for this matchup? Oh, absolutely. This is some of the best work that Brian Danielson has done in his career. And it's because, again, we talked about it last week. He gets to play up himself. Like, he is a professional wrestler, one of arguably the best professional wrestlers who have ever done it. And now he's using that ass field to give you know, it's a really push over his heel character, which is like he said, he is, you know, kind of out of the league of one Allen Five Angels. He is above and beyond John Silver, who he is going to be facing next week. Because just like you mentioned, as Tony Khan was saying, you guys can't touch each other this week. John Silver came out to make the save, trying to stop Hangman from getting suspended. He's like, you can't touch him, but I can. And he tried to go after Brian Danderson, who ran away. But as we heard earlier in his promo, Next week, they're going to be in Long Island. And John Silver's from Long Island. So it's going to be Brian Danderson versus John Silver. Johnny Hungy. I hope he's hungry for some feet because he's going to he get his so face funny. in. He looks so <laughs> funny when he's running down to the ring. I always see he's just, he's just, just this ball so of muscle. Stocky. Just, yeah. <laughs> he just looks so hilarious when he's running down to the ring. Like, Brian Danielson, he's like, he's like, I'm not gonna waste my time waste with my you. Time with you. I'm, I'm above you. You're not in my league, which he isn't. But you know they're gonna put on one hell of a match next week. I just love how they keep adding on to the storyline, and again and again, just as he's knocking down each member of the Dark Order, it just adds more and more to the storyline. Which we only have two weeks away, so next week is the go home for Winter's coming. So this is going to be the last match that Brian Anderson is going to have against a Dark Order member before he faces Hangman Adam Page for that AEW World Championship. I'm excited, man. I, it gets me hooked every single time. And give that mic to Brian Danielson. Money. He has been money since he has become the number one contender for this title. I Keep doing this. Keep beating everybody down. Keep grabbing the mic afterward, running everybody down. I love it. Yep.
Yep, it's it. right there. Yep, just like uh, CRC is pointing out right now, I have it on replay and on mute in the background. We see that uh, that incredible promo going down right now. Uh, but yeah, man, I thought it was a, a good way to open up the show. Uh, guys, if you're just joining us, and especially if you're joining us for the very first time, sound off in the comments. Let us know where you're watching us from. I always see the loyals here, like Christopher Ryan Cooper, Philip Chavin, Justin Lewis Fleming, Stephen Chambers, all you guys, the usuals. Thank you for showing up and watching and supporting us and and, and showing us the love every single Wednesday night. Uh, but let's uh, let's move along here on uh, on the EW Dynamite. CM Punk had a matchup uh, with Lee Moriarty. CM Punk got the win. Good matchup. Lee Moriarty uh, mimicked a little bit of channeled his little inner CM Punk. Uh, but it was uh, MJ was off. MJF was also on commentary with that amazing looking Hanukkah suit, oh which God. if I was Jewish, I would totally get one. Uh, I already have a Santa slash Christmas blazer, which I will be debuting later in the month here on the debrief, uh, usually in the month of December. Earlier today, I had my Christmas AJ style sweater because it is December 1st. Uh, but so, yeah, but I'm going off topic here. Uh, so, yeah, so we had a, a great uh, little another verbal showdown between MJF and CM Punk. Uh, this time he is insinuating that he's trying to get into like Britt Baker's Britt pants. Like what's like, what is this all about? Then instead of calling him CM Punk, he calls in one, one man pump or something like that. I was like, uh, okay. For PG Punk, I'll throw out commentary. And then, yeah. Yeah. One it's like, punk. <laughs> yeah one pump punks so i'm like okay there needs to be a point like we can't have these amazing showdowns week after week because then you're gonna burn it out and what are we gonna expect so i think they were trying to recreate a little bit of that magic that we got last week into this yeah. week and for me it kind of fell flat on its face right you're trying uh, to look too hard to repeat it like you said yeah it was yes let it breathe like we had the great face off last week you don't need to have that confrontation again until the go home to their match. So the week before they have their match, yes, let them go, you know, blow for blow again. But right now you don't need to do it every single week. We get the point. Like we get it. MJF is going to keep running down punk. He's going to barely get through his matches. And that's what MJF is going to do. He's just going to talk about how, how he can barely beat QT Marshall, how he barely beat Lee Moriarty. Cause there was a few times where it looked like he was going to get a three counting punk kicked out very, very late. So we're going to get this on repeat if they keep doing it. You don't need to. These guys, save it to right before they had their matchup, and that's what's going to make it feel more special. Guys, we got to keep a PG up in here, but uh, Philip Chavin is uh, wishing to uh, shove that diamond ring up uh, up MJF's uh, rear end. So uh, let's uh, (laughs) – One pump chomp. uh... (laughs) One pump chomp, man. So, yeah. So, again, I think they were trying to recreate a little bit of that magic that we got last week. Uh, I think they were trying to reach for it a little bit too much. And for me, I, I don't think it really worked out. I think you can, uh, you can back me up on that. But uh, but overall, man, I, you know, I think what they're doing is, is fun. We'll see how this works out in the next few weeks. I don't know if they're going to have a matchup at Winter's Coming or if they're going to extend this all the way out into Revolution. So uh, we'll just have to keep our eyes out uh, for here. A couple quick notes here. Uh, backstage segment with Tony Schiavone and uh, and Britt Baker uh, that she's still upset about losing over to uh, losing a to Riho and winning for her winning an opportunity to her championship. Uh, Riho will face Jamie Hayter before her match with Britt. Uh, then we have another segment with Adam Cole 
coming out on commentary. Orange Cassidy comes out to confront Cole. Then the Young Bucks sneak up behind Cassidy, gets it with a low blow. And then the super click starts mocking Cassidy with doing their own version of the uh, of his, you know, those slow kicks (laughs) until they both ended up really kicking them in the face. Uh, So this looks like it's going to lead up at some point Orange Cassidy versus Adam Cole down the line or maybe best friends versus the super click. I don't know. Uh, But so we got that. Then we got a squash match. Mr. Mayhem Wardlow just eviscerating AC Adams. Uh, And then then Spears, the chairman, comes right after the match. He just assaults AC Adams with the chair. He just breaks the chair on his back. And Wardlow's just looking at him like, I already took care of this. Like, I did it. Why did you need to do this? He just power bombed him what three or four times already. Like poor AC Adams was dead, man. Stop! He's already dead. Like it, it was just a poor beatdown on poor AC Adams. So really put over Wardlow, who also got into the face of CM Punk because, of course, as MJF and CM Punk were sparring, CM Punk came out to the ring or out of the ring and was going to attack MJF, but Wardlow comes out. So. I wouldn't be surprised, and uh, Stephen Chambers said in the chat, we might see Wardlow versus Punk. Like, that would actually be a solid match where somehow Punk miraculously gets, uh, you know, he gets the win because Wardlow tries to do something nefarious with uh, MJF. Punk gets the win to really even add on the fact that CM Punk might actually get the win over MJF. I don't think he is. But you make it more believable if he can beat Mr. Mayhem Wardlow in a match before he faces MJF. Yeah, man. And and let me say something real quick about MJF, bro. Not MJF, uh, Wardlow. That guy needs to go solo, man. Yeah. That guy's got, got star beast, power written all over him. Mm-hmm. Tonight's squash match was just an, a, a good testament. Like, we've seen him go up against, like, Jake Hager. Yeah, but, you know, Jake Hager is a, a lot more seasoned than Wardlow. And, uh, but I think that Wardlow's starting to come into his own. And tonight that really kind of came across, and he he needs to ditch MJF. He needs to turn on MJF at some point later on. You know, hopefully, first half of next year they have some type of falling out where they have a one on one and let have Wardlow get his moment. Uh, but he's an absolute beast. He's got he's got that Brock potential for AEW to kind of be that 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 guy over there in AEW. What do you think? So imagine if he is the one that. Ultimately, like MJF is going to be AEW champion. Imagine if he's the one that takes a belt off of MJF. Like something like that, I think would be a great platform for Wardlow. Just like you said, because he has all the potential. He has a look. He has a power. He's coming, you know, he's coming along inside the ring. Like he's getting better in every single match that he's he's been in, especially with, you know, these tag matches where, mm-hmm. you know, you have faction versus faction, whether it's, you know, the pinnacle versus in a circle or somebody else. Like, he's really coming into his own. So I would like to see him go on his own, kind of like Braun Strowman-ish, too. You know, like, mm-hmm. where he came off really exactly. green at first. But, like, yes. he developed into a really good wrestler. And then he became a monster star. Like, I can see that happening for Wardlow. Uh, and I think he has a little bit more charisma. And he could be even better on the mic. They never give him the mic. It's always MJF. Yeah. But he has yeah. that potential. So, yeah, I could definitely see that happening, you know, sooner rather than later. Because he should. He needs to step out of the shadow so he can thrive on his own. Yeah, we also had a backstage segment here with Death Triangle, Ray Phoenix, uh, unable to travel. Uh, he's also injured, so it looks like it's going to be a, a tag match. Penta and Pac going up against FTR uh, this Friday on Rampage. Then we had a really fun tag team match between two undefeated teams, Gun Club uh, with us, Austin Gunn and Billy Gunn, 
uh, going up against Darby Allen and Sting. Uh, this was, I think it was a fun matchup. Billy Gunn, Austin Gunn, and Darby did most of the work in this matchup, but Sting did have his moments to shine. He dropped the Scorpion Death, uh, death Drop. He dropped the Death Lock. He did the splash. He did a couple things, you know, bring the hits. You don't need to do you don't need to don't do much. He got a pop from the crowd that he, you know, that he still got it. Look, look okay. But again, the, the all the other guys carried the match. And let's let's not miss the fact for a moment. Billy Gunn, dude, looking just as jacked and just as shredded as he did 20 years ago in 2001. Think about right. that for a moment. Okay, that Billy Gunn can go out there completely shredded and jacked, and then Stinger's out there, probably in a singlet, but has to cover it with a t-shirt because he can't pull. And Billy Gunn's only what, like four years younger than Sting? Guys, Sting is 62 years old. And yes, he still got it. The crowd was chanting for him. But as we're as you and me were were texting back and forth, like Billy looks great, and he's 58. He's four years younger than Sting, and you see the complete difference in their physique mm-hmm. and their ability in the ring. Bill, if you say Sting still got it, Billy never lost it because no, he still looks dude. great, and he's doing a great job with his kids, Colton and Austin. So even though Colton, of course, was good, he knew he was going to eat the pin regardless because he's the – out of all four guys in the ring, he's the one guy that doesn't have a big name to him. Uh, yeah. Which of course allows to have, um, which allows Darby and Sting to continue their undefeated streak. So technically, even though they kept talking about like Jurassic Express being up there as number one tag team, I think technically Darby Allen and Sting deserves to be number one in the tag team division. Uh, possibly getting a shot at Lucha Brothers. I kind of don't want to see that match because it's <laughs> it's think, too much for the Stinger. It's too much. Yeah. He, he cannot keep up with Ray Phoenix. Like Penta will be able to be go, you know, do well one on one with Sting. Dude, how, Penta's how, too quick. Exactly. Like, how is Penta going to be able to execute his driver on? He's not going to do any of those moves on Sting. You know Sting that it's going to be Penta on would Darby. Break Sting in half too. Everything's going to be on Darby. I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see. But down they are the, the they are still undefeated, getting the first win over the Gun Club in their tenure year. Yeah, congratulations man, to, I think Colton was um, his one-year anniversary as an entering competitor in wrestling with his dad in AEW, but he finally got his first loss here tonight. But the whole family looks great, man. I think I love the fact that they've, they've turned heel. I want to see more with it. It's just you're not going to be Darby or Sting anytime soon, but it's a great showing by all three of the gun guys. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And uh, – and- I'm just so impressed with Billy, dude, because he's just being able to look that amazing and to compete at that high of an elite level, man, it's 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 really, really eye-opening on what that the, the guy can go. The guy can still go. Like you said, he never lost it. So uh yeah, that's man. We have Darby with him, bro. Real quick, that's why you have Darby and, and uh For Chris Walters brought out here. The cut on his head, he did those two suicide dives to the outside like a speed yes. bullet. I think the first one is where he clipped. Austin on the elbow as he came out, which is why he got cut on top of his head. He didn't care. He got up and he did another one right after that. And he, like you said, he hit Billy, turned, almost landed on his feet, but he had so much momentum that he spun backwards. This kid is insane. That's why you need to have him with Sting because we love Sting, but Darby's going to take the brunt of any matchup that they have against each other. So, Quick side note on Billy Gunn here. Did you see that part 
where Billy Gunn started just busting the socket and the chops on Sting. And as soon as he went, bro, they cut that camera quick yep. just like, to get that close up on Sting. Because they that's that's like a copyright thing. So they were like, oh no, he's about to do this. No, cut that camera. I thought nope. that was hilarious. Nope. 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 We can't afford the DX chop. We can't afford that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Alex Marvez had a backstage interview with Chris Jericho. Uh, then he ended up getting attacked by 2.0. Initially, he was explaining his actions on why he came to Eddie Kingston's aid and explained that it's not because he likes Eddie Kingston. It's because he has a common enemy with 2.0. And then he gets attacked from them from behind. Uh, moving along, we also had a, a segment in the stage where Leo Rush confronts Team Taz. After last week, Dante Martin turning on Leo and ended up signing with Team Taz. Uh, and he says that he's going to have a chance at the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal next week. And uh, we'll see because Tim, Team Taz, especially Taz himself, started busting out some Steiner math oh, about a, have, having a 125% chance of winning. I'm like, the hell are you talking about, bro? But Leo, all I need is 1%. One percent, and I can still win. Okay, yeah, <laughs> man. Let's talk about this incredible matchup in this oh. TBS tournament quarterfinal. Chris Statlander, Ruby Soho, absolutely killed it and brought the house down. Chance for AEW, match. which we don't hear a lot these days, unless uh, there's a really good match and they start chanting AEW. We got an AEW chant. And I got to tell you, this women's division has improved over this last year. And Soho has definitely uh, made it a lot better since her arrival to this brand. Mm -hmm. I thought this match absolutely killed. And not only that, but nobody looked weak in this match because of the finish. We had a we had a quick, desperate inside cradle roll up uh, where she where Ruby got the pin. It was a surprise pin for Chris Statlander. So this probably is not going to be over somewhere down the line. Disappointing loss for Chris. Surprising win for Ruby. But now Ruby has to face Nyla Rose next week. Yeah. And then, of course, it looks like we might even get a tag team match coming up soon. Because as uh, Chris Statlander was heading up the ramp after the loss, Vicky Guerrero comes out to confront her. And, like, what's happening? But, of course, in ring as Ruby is celebrating, Nyla Rose attacks her from behind. And as Ruby, as uh, Chris tries to go back to save Ruby, Nyla runs away. So I wouldn't be surprised if we eventually get a tag team match at some point. Or even if we get, like, a women's tag team division, like Ruby Soho and Chris Allender would make a great tag team. And they showed, like, really good chemistry in the ring tonight. And you're right. It's it's kind of hard to pick one because you kind of want to see both of them win. Like, even Steven yeah. Chambers was uh, – or, sorry, Ricky Castillo was hoping that Statlander would win. And you thought she could have. And she wouldn't – especially when it looked like she was going to hit Big Bang Theory – but that was the opportunity that everybody was looking for, getting that roll-up, getting the win. And now it sets up the semifinal matches. So we are going to be having Nyla Rose versus Ruby Soho. Uh, and on the other side, we're going to get Jade Cargill versus Thunder Rosa. So there was a quick segment backstage where uh, one of our friends, one of the, the, the female competitors that we covered years ago, Janae Kai, has answered Jade Cargill's open challenge. So we're going to get to see her face off against Jade Cargill on Friday, which now that Chris Jericho is injured and he's not going to be on commentary, Thunder Rosa is going to be on commentary for one match on Rampage. 
And she has selected the match of Jay Cargill versus Janai Kai. So I'm excited to see what Janai is going to bring. We got to see her in Bloodsport when we were there in Tampa for WrestleMania. She's mm-hmm. gotten a lot better. She was on, you know, uh, IPW's uh, top 500 good. women's wrestlers. Like She, she absolutely has killed it in up. GCW. At, at Bloodsport, she absolutely killed it. She beat that girl with a spinning kick knockout. That was absolutely great. Janai, if you haven't checked out Janai Kai, check her out on YouTube. Out. She uh, but she's going to have a, a one-on-one matchup. Uh, I think it's on next week or is it's it going to be this Friday. This Friday rampage this Friday. against Jay Cargo. So this is going to be an interesting matchup. And just like Stephen Chambers here, you know, Jay Cargo versus Thunder Rosa and the other semifinal match is going to be another interesting one too. So I think they've done a great job with this tournament so far. I'm excited to see how this TBS Championship tournament is going to end. But we have two good matches to look forward to coming up soon. But man, this. Let's get into this main event, man, because at least a little bit more in detail, because this Atlanta street fight, we had the Homelander himself, Cody Rhodes, coming out with the long Undertaker intro with the, the Homelander outfit. Poor Arn Anderson slipping off the ramp. I had a small heart attack when I saw him fall down. It looked like uh, Jose the intern was going to like pretend to hit him, but he slipped. So he went from pretending to go and picking him up. And then to brawling and then having Arn chase him away. So I hope Arn's okay. I hope he played it off really well. But he's, he's man, he needs to pay attention where he's standing because that's twice he's slipped so far. Uh, hopefully he's okay. But from the get, man, this was a great matchup. I loved Andrade's gear for it. Instead of the traditional jeans and the T-shirt, he had the button-down, the tie, the slacks, mm-hmm. the dress shoes coming out. In and he the, comes out with a, with a blade, dude. He comes out with a Big ass knife, oh. and then and you hear the commentary team. They're like, "What in the world does he have in his hands?" I thought it was great. I thought that was good. This matchup, though, the entire matchup was unbelievable. I mean, we had we had shovels, we had sledgehammers, we had Jose getting hit. Uh, we had he got tasers. Uh, we we had fire on the table. Poor Cody, man, Cody, guys. Y'all need to put some respect on Cody's name now for this guy's going out there and putting his body through this burning table, getting second degree burns with the vinyl being embedded into his back for your entertainment, for your guys to just boo him. No, y'all need to give him the respect that he deserves tonight. He definitely did it in Atlanta. Uh, dude, I think he absolutely killed it tonight. Andrade also did a spectacular job tonight. Both of these guys absolutely did an amazing job. But man, Cody with uh, with the assistance there from uh, from her good, <laughs> from the good old wifey, put it lighting up the with Brandy lighting up that table on fire. I'm like here getting ready for the show, and I'm seeing her drench the tabletop. In lighter fluid, like, oh, no. and I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not this doing this right not, now. I'm like, no, no, no. Like he, he doesn't have a shirt on. Like he's gonna do this without a shirt. They make like, Foley, bro. Andrade has a shirt on. Everybody has a shirt on. But Cody, no, Cody didn't have a shirt. Cody went bareback in through that table that was completely lit on fire. Man, I. Ugh. I'm just so surprised that Brandy even agreed to doing this. Oh, yeah. Must have my husband on fire? Yeah. No, we swear it's going to be okay. It's going to be far enough away. Uh, somebody else brought it up in the chat. She put the table a little too far, too close, which is why 
Cody had to go like legitimately all the way through that table on fire because of how close the table was. And Ricky Castillo was pointing out like he was still on fire. The commentator said he is still on fire. Luckily, Andrade saw it, put it yeah, out. Like Ricky, and got Ricky. Hit. So, no, it's okay. He's so, still on fire. Okay, He's still on fire. Wait, uh, go ahead and pivot. Like, uh, still, guys, man, put the respect on Cody's name, my guys, for real. Because if if I hear you guys in the crowd boo again next week or this Friday or whenever he comes back on TV, I don't know when he's going to come back after getting those burned. But anyways, I I am going to have the biggest of rants on next week's debrief, okay? Because this guy is pouring out his soul on national TV and putting his body on the line that can possibly end his career in this matchup tonight. He res- he deserves the respect. It's not gonna like him or hate him, he deserves the respect. You can cheer, you can boo, you can do that. But don't just boo because you hate the guy. Brock, Jordan T5, Cody is the human torch. Hey, he's putting his application for, you know, for the MCU, for the Fantastic Four. But, Jose, it's you know what's, you know what's, like, it's not on me watching this, even after this, he's essentially hit John Cena, Kurt Angle levels, where it's not <laughs> going to be booing him to boo him. It's going to be booing him just out of love. Like with the John Cena sucks or the you suck during the entrance music, it's going to be the same thing. People respect him because we know what he's doing. He's still putting his body on the line. He's still, you know, even though he doesn't have as much creative control now with TK, like he's still an EVP, but he is still putting all his body out there to entertain us as the fans. So even though this character, he's kind of diving more into this Homelander gimmick than we, as we talked about, he's basically, you know, He's slowly, slowly getting more absorbed into it and taking on that role. People are going to boom because it's going to be the cool thing to do, and that's the norm, as opposed to you know what though. You know what though, but this is also a good opportunity for him to embrace that Homelander character because if the crowd continues to boo him, right, he can come back out. And give it into the face. He's like, I burn my flesh and blood for you guys. I put my body through this for you guys, for your entertainment. And this is how you treat me. He has a good angle to go with this. So mm-hmm. either way he works it, I think this is going to work for Cody. But again, a great way to close out a show. So tonight's Dynamite, in my opinion, from a scale from 1 to 10, I'm going to give it a 9. I think nine is fair. I think it was a good show, even though there was no like major titles or anything like that. You don't need to have major title matches to have a good show. You had a great main event. You had a great opening. Every match was very solid. That women's tournament match was really, really solid. Uh, So overall, it was just a fun show. AEW Dynamite gets a nine. Yeah, I was going to give it an 8.5, mostly because it didn't have Miro. It only had a little segment of Sammy Guevara uh, accepting Bobby Fish, uh, not Bobby Fish, uh, Tony Nese's challenge uh, for that TNT championship. So we're going to see Tony Nese's, you know, next official match in AEW against Sammy Guevara for that TNT title. It's going to be a good match because those are two really talented guys. Uh, but yeah, just that the ending match, the ending spot. I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give it a solid nine because I enjoyed everything, and just that's how you start. That's how you. Book in the show. A great opening match, a great ending match that we will continue to talk about. 
So it bumped it up for me being a, you know, trying to be a little bit more more strict and trying to be a little bit more analytical on AEW. They won me over on that one. Like yeah. that table spot won me over. It's a nine. <laughs> I agree. And everybody's uh, kind of around the same line. Nine, 9.5, 9.5. High rating show. I think it was uh, it was pretty good. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, I thought it was I thought it was a fun show. It was really just a fun show from top to bottom. Uh, now, with one fun show out of the way, let's talk about last night's NXT because last night's NXT was really good for a go home show. I mean, we had two ladder matches. All right. We yeah. had a continuous to build up uh, for some of these storylines, for example, with Cameron Grimes and, and Duke Hudson. And then we had some more backstage segments. But overall, man, the show was good. However, these ladder matches, dude, we had for the women's, we have Kaylee Ray going up against Dakota Kai to earn the advantage for her team at War Games. Kaylee Ray and Kylie Ray, I should say. And Dakota Kai absolutely tore the house down for this opening match with Kaylee Ray being able to get the advantage for her team at War Games. What a way to open up a show, dude, with a ladder match. So you open up the show with a ladder match and you close the show with another ladder match as Team Black and Gold, the representative from there, Mr. Johnny Gargano, goes up, representative from 2.0, Mr. Braun Breaker himself in another fantastic ladder match. Dude, there was moments there I thought John was going to get it. There was moments there that I thought Breaker was going to, but it was ultimately Braun Breaker getting his win from dropping and getting his press from the top of the ladder all the way down to the mat, was able to get the contract, and now he has his team 2.0 has the advantage heading into war games. What did you think, bro? How did, what did you think of a show opening up with a ladder match and closing with a ladder match? Oh, this is exactly what they needed to do. Like, we're getting to the go home show of War Games, and how much have we complained about it being, you know, the match being justified later on as opposed to feuds happening to justify the match? So now they've actually done a great job of really kind of just tying it all together, finally getting some, you know, some momentum heading into these two matches. And they did it in a great way by having both advantage ladder matches the same night, bookending the show, showing people that may not have been too familiar with Kaylee Ray, you know, who is the longest reigning NXT Mm -hmm. UK women's champion going up against, you know, Dakota Kai, who is close to becoming NXT women's champion and show why she deserves to be hanging here in NXT proper instead of NXT UK. Like she can throw down. She did a great job against Dakota Kai, especially at the spot at the beginning where, you know, they started out, everyone's brawling and the girls get into the into the ring and the, the bell sounds. And then she knocks Dakota Kai out. And the first thing she does, she takes off jacket and does a freaking jump off the top of the turnbuckle to the outside to Dakota Kai, landing it nicely. Like these I just like how that I, I just love how the like how the entire show started because they both walk and they meet right in the entrance, and it's just a melee to start off the entire show. So I, I thought it was fun, it was a fun opening. Uh Dude, but that closing, Braun Breaker, bro. Braun Breaker, that kid is destined for something big. That guy, man, unbelievable job he did against Johnny Gargano. Johnny just made him look even better than normal, dude. Like, he did I don't some know. impressive stuff with Johnny. When he had, to, had him on top of the ladder on his shoulders, granted, it looked like it was a bit of a slip and they were able to like play off of it as to make it look happen. That still looked like a fantastic spot. It looked like he was about to like 
press slam him with the ladder and didn't get able to do it. But yeah, like the ending segment where he was able to just pull Johnny right off the ladder, grab him right into the power slam, looked amazing. Even the the in the like uh, promo segment they had before that match, where you mm-hmm. even had Johnny Gargano calling him the big bad booty nephew. So again, all the and he and he laughed it. He had to laugh at that in reference to his his uncle and Scott Steiner. And he even did a, uh, the Frankensteiner, of course. You know, uh, Beth Phoenix blew up. She marked out over that spot by hitting the the Frankensteiner on top of Johnny Gargano. They are building him to be that next guy, and he's mm-hmm. he's doing really well. He stumbles a little bit on the mic. He did in the first promo when Two Point was on the out uh, in the ring, and they all had their one, you know, like four bar. Like it was like the 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 double XL freestyle where like everybody had to spit like four bars before they handed over to the next person, which is essentially <laughs> what we got from NXT Two Point starting from Trick Williams and Carmelo, and then working their way down, and then poor Tony D'Angelo, he had to wrap up the whole thing. And he's like the one kind of guy that's like an odd man out trying to call out Peter Dunn, you know, Pete Dunn. Yeah. Um, so he, he kind of stumbled a little bit during that promo. But other than that, in that ring, Braun Breaker is special, man. And he's going to be – he's probably going to be that next champion because even his segment was about calling out some Austin Champa. It's like, even after War Games, I'm going right back after you and I'm taking that title from you. So expect him to get that title much sooner rather than later. Ryan Coots are watching us on Facebook. Hopefully WWE doesn't mess up Breaker like they have for other guys. Uh, yeah, and, and, you know, it should be noted that, you know, that the, the NXT 2.0 is now under a new direction with, you know, Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard handling kind of the backstage stuff and running 2.0 now. So it's a, it's a toned-down version of what Raw and SmackDown is. So I think they're going to have a better idea on what to – expect going forward into the main roster especially now that they're looking more for younger talent within their 20s um not necessarily someone that's been involved in wrestling in the indie scene in the past they're looking more for athletic backgrounds Mm -hmm. um military backgrounds things like that so uh i think that's what they're they're trying to just really build up and churn out their own crop and version of what a superstar should be instead of using all this indie talent you know what i'm saying yeah, and they're doing a great job of it. Like one of the the athletic guys you're talking about actually debuted uh, this evening on NXT, even though he's had a couple of matches on 205 Live. Uh, Edris Enofe. 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 Like he has a military background. He looked pretty good, even though he did get beat down by Solo Sokoa. They're building up Solos really well. They're building up Zion Quinn very well, mm-hmm. who got to basically go. He kind of faced off against Electra and Santos Escobar. Kind of got involved in the tag team match, uh, basically evening the odds for uh, Kyle Riley and Von Wagner. But they're doing a great job of really establishing these talents. At first, we were like, "All right," every single week it was like six, seven people being introduced, and now they kind of slowed it down. They're still introducing new talent like Edges, but they're really starting to develop these other guys that they have, like a Zion, you know, like a Solo, you know. They're, Kind well, of doing the Gra- Grayson all, Waller. Grayson Waller now is a heel Joe, who turned Joe fully Casey. heel after all this. So. Exactly. And Joe, Joe Gacy, who now has so now who, who has an all-inclusive invitational, which makes mm-hmm. me wonder now that he's gonna have this matchup with Roderick Strong, because you know, Roderick Strong agreed to no weight limit for the cruiserweight championship, because apparently the cruiserweight championship in itself is divisive in its nature, uh, because of the weight exclusivity in uh in the division however roger strong agreed to you know to defend that title against joe gacy this is interesting 
Because if Joe Gacy becomes the Cruiserweight champion and changes the championship, and this is something I totally believe that could happen, especially as you point out, is the all-inclusive championship. The all-inclusive championship. And I think there's, I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to do an all-inclusive championship where he can wrestle women, he can wrestle guys, he can it's all inclusive. He can wrestle 500 pounders. He can wrestle 100 pounders. I think what I predict the next week is going to happen, man. I think Joe Gacy is going to win the title and I think he's going to lose the title now. I'm starting to fully believe that if they go this whole inclusive route, because we saw a bit of it in this segment, which we can talk about now where he basically brought these three people into the ring who all had an opportunity to go against Joe Gacy and he's equal opportunity to everyone. So he beats the first guy down really quickly and then he's about to go one-on-one with this female. And then out comes Diamond Mine. And then, of course, everything uh, falls into, you know falls apart after that. And then as Diamond Mine is about to attack Joe Gacy, Gunnar Harlan once again makes the save for Joe Gacy. So I think because of Gunnar, he's going to win that title and is going, and is going to become the all-inclusive title. Because <laughs> we talked about it last week. They're not doing anything with the Cruiserweight. There's no Cruiserweight division anymore. 205 Live doesn't mean anything. Nobody cares about the Cruiserweight division. It's a more interesting storytelling device if you turn it into an all-inclusive title, where it just becomes NXT's 24-7 title. I think, yes, I think think this works purely from an entertainment standpoint Mm -hmm. um, because Gacy is hella entertaining. As, As a heel, what he's doing right now, I'm trying to be that pushy, inclusive, woke, millennial uh, I think it works great because it really taps into what, what what's going on right now. We you know with everyone in the world being extra woke about this or extra woke about that. We hear you hear it countless times in the news. You so you see it in your Facebook, you see it in your Twitter, you see it on your Instagram on on how this is. And I think this really just taps in to that culture, right? To that demographic. And let's see where it goes. I find it very interesting that they might pull the trigger on this and make the Cruiserweight Championship into an... Again, this is pure speculation. This is just me and Reiko himself. would be like, hmm, I don't know. I think this is kind of like where they're going. They're trying to build up these new stars. Roderick is a little bit of, still from the black and gold era. I think this is a great opportunity to make this happen. Yeah, it's different. Like, they've never had an all-inclusive title. Like, yes, we've had China become IC champ before, but... You know, it was based on, you know, certain loopholes. But then you make a title where literally anybody should be able to have a shot at it, whether it's female, male, no matter the weight size. It, it makes for interesting storytelling device. And if anybody's going to do it, it, now's the time to do it. And NXT 2.0 is the place to do it. So don't be surprised if this happens, guys. Don't be surprised. Rajon, Rajon Kins are watching us on Facebook saying, I don't know why, but I get a Bray Wyatt vibe from Joe Casey. I agree. I completely that, agree. He that calm demeanor and the way he yes, talks. And, he kind of gives yeah. me that vibe too. Absolutely, man. Uh, we had this little uh, face-off uh, between Cameron Grimes and uh, and Andre Chase uh, with Grimes getting the win after the match. We had a little verbal showdown between Duke Hudson and, uh, and Grimes. Hudson was showing some doctored photos of Grimes and different types of hairstyles. Uh, ending up with the uh, with the bald look that that's the goal that he's going for. Grimes didn't respond. That is, I got war games. I'm gonna shave your head bald like a baby's when you like you were born. 
Uh, so yeah, so this is leading up to that. Quick prediction, Hudson Grimes, are you at all uh, committed to the storyline? Because it started off good, and then right now, just kind of like I don't know. I think it's a Duke Hudson. I think it's a Duke Hudson problem. It's not a Cameron Grimes problem. It's a Duke Hudson problem because Duke Hudson is not convincing on the mic. Whereas Cameron Grimes, he's got the crowd support, and he's already good on the mic. I just, I think it's a Duke Hudson problem. He, it took me out of it, man. This promo, the, the slideshow he did. A, get a better graphic designer. Uh, two, you could use TikTok filters that would do a lot better job of showing what he looked like <laughs> with the haircuts. So this promo took me out of it. Like it's, yeah, Duke Hudson just doesn't convince me. His poker gimmick doesn't convince me. What he's saying on the mic does. I want him to lose now. I want him to be bald because maybe he'll get some sort of personality without hair because at this point, it's just sad. Cameron looks fine with the shorter hair. He doesn't need to go bald. Yeah. Just shave Duke Hudson's head off. And I'm sure I mean, Andre Chase is going to get involved somehow because that's you know it's a teachable moment that's going to happen, but it's probably going to you know work backwards and actually help Cameron Grimes as opposed to hurt him. Most likely is what's probably going to happen. But yeah, this took me out of it, man. Like I'm, I'm yeah. not sold on this match right now. Because, like, on paper, you look at someone like Duke Hudson, he's got the look, he's got the size, he's got the ability, he can go in the ring, he's not bad in the ring, but when it comes to his personality, I almost feel like he's trying too much. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it doesn't come across, like, genuine. When you have someone like Cameron Grimes, who's literally wearing his emotions on his sleeve and being real, at least his character's being as real as he can be, See, I, the thing is that, that when you're having a character, you have to be able to identify so that the audience can identify with you and grab onto you. And I don't think anybody has been able to either identify or be like, ah, I really don't like this guy. And that's a problem because he wasn't getting reactions. He wasn't getting any boos or yays. And that's a problem. If you're getting boos, that's good. You're doing your job. But the crowd was just like, shut the hell up. We don't want, We don't want to hear from you. He was doing better with the Dookie chance when he first came out. So right now, <laughs> it, they need to find something, something, like you said, to have people latch on to him. Because I can't relate to being, you know, a poker guy who's hosted a game where I got swindled out of, a th- you know, $10,000 by a guy that pretend like he didn't know how to play poker. That's not relatable to me. I've never done that before. So Duke Cousins just coming off as just a smarmy dude that's just not believable. He's... And you're right. He's like not even being heelish enough to make me want to hate him. It's just, he's just boring to me. Exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> I don't thing. hate you. It's I like, just don't want to see like, you. I don't, it's like I don't hate you, bro, but it's like you're not making me get any emotions. You're not making me want to boo you, but you're not making me want to cheer for you either. It's like you need to figure out how to capture my attention than just by showing me some doctored photos of your opponent next week. Like, you, you got to do something. You got to do something a little bit better, Duke Hudson. Figure that out because you got potential, but you need to figure that out. Uh, we had a tag team matchup. Kyle O'Reilly, Von Wagner, going up against Legado del Fantasma to earn a title shot against Imperium at War Games for the NXT Tag Team titles. And looks like this uh, the oddball team's work in WWE because Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner Got the win against Legado, and Legado yet again being denied their opportunity for the NXT Tag Team Champions uh, Championships. 
but Von, the new, the newly formed team of Von Wagner and uh, an evolved version of Edge. Should we call them that? <laughs> Should we call them the Broly version of Edge? Apparently, that's what they're trying to make Von Wagner come out of, come across as. But yeah, the oddball pairing gets the win, and they're going to be facing Imperium, which I really hope Imperium beats us not out of these guys. I do. <laughs> Because, yeah, especially when they came, you know, uh, when the parent was doing the promo backstage and they got in their faces about him and they called him, you know, stupid. And you're like, hey, I guys. love, I love what Imperium's doing, especially oh, when they start speaking in speaking German in, and Italian. German, Italian? Oh, I love and, it. And they do it on oh. purpose. And he's, let's speak in English. So like, these so Americans can understand See, <laughs> so take, take a lesson so on Imperium. <laughs> Find a way to make me hate you. That makes me eventually like you. Oh, God. So hopefully these guys retain, especially with the rumors that uh Walter might be making his way stateside. Now he's more open to coming across oh. the pond over here to the US. So hopefully this is gonna be you know start of that, you know, of something even more special with him coming over. Uh but yeah, I mean, congrats to Kyle and Vaughn, I guess. But yeah, it just sucks for Legado again being denied another shot. Uh we got to see uh the MSK videos still continue on. So for five weeks, uh, they've still been trying to find the shaman. Even the GPS had to yell at him for not being able to follow simple directions, not knowing your left and your right. Uh, but who do you think looks... the shaman is? Oh, bro, come on. Yeah, yeah, right. It has it, to be. It's especially it has that, to be that sound that played as they opened the door. It sounded like the beginning of one of a kind. I'm it the, it the first thing I thought of when I heard that. That's the first thing that came to mind. Please, please let it be. Uh, I'm hoping. I, listen, it makes so much sense for their characters. And right, you might get you invested. You might actually be invested in MSK if they have if, if they have as, RVD as their manager. I just might be invested in MSK. All right, I will take back every single word I said about MSK. If they have RVD along with it, but what if it's not RVD? What yeah, if it's someone so. like what if it's yeah. someone like the Godfather, who's heavily invested in that industry right now? That'd be a good one too. Yeah. Uh, even Chambers putting out some suggestions. It could be Marty Jannetty, uh, even though he's been doing a lot more work on the Indies and with AEW, might not. It could be the Road Dog himself, Jesse James. That's another good one. I just hope they just don't have it as some no-name person. It can then be like. Oh, okay. You had to like all, all build them for for who? For this guy? For Joe Schmo over here. When you can have RVD, who's going to be you know in the Hall of Fame, WWE and, Hall and, of Fame, it makes the, perfect sense to segue him in there. And the defense is: remember, guys, this is NXT 2.0. We're focusing on the new talent. Well, how the hell am I supposed to have this whole entire buildup for you to just debut a new face that's supposed to be a shaman? It better be RVD. I'm hoping it's oh. RVD. Well, Eric uh, Calavera saying, or YouTube, it could be Riddle. Uh, it could be Elias. It could be, uh, it could be Riddle. It, that'd be, I mean, he, Riddle's already. Oh, dude, up as if, it is. dude. All right. If the shaman is Elias, I will mark out. Okay, because I think that will fit him perfectly. And if returning to I'm NXT works wonders in Balor, and if it's working wonders for Mandy for Rose. Yeah. should only do nothing but wonders for Elias. Because one thing that we all know, that WWE stands for walk with yeah. Elias. Elias. Man, well, we'll see. Happen. It looks like next week we are going to find out uh, 
who this shaman is. So hopefully it turns out to be somebody interesting. Uh, otherwise, they're still going to hopefully continue working on developing these new guys. Like we saw Solo Sokoa again, like we talked about, defeat Edris Enofoy, uh, who again, uh, Boa is still figuring his out his newly acquired Mei Ying powers because he confronted Solo during an interview, you know, speaking in Chinese. And then after the match, after he won, uh, he attacked Solo. So it looks like we're probably going to get Boa versus Solo, if not at War Games, probably, you know, next week on, on 2.0. So I don't know. I'm not completely sold on the new uh, Boa character. I guess somebody had to get the new uh, haunted character now that Alexis uh, Alexa Bliss is off for a little bit and Bray's not there. So it's Boa, apparently. He is the new haunted superstar. But uh, we also got to talk about Indy Harwa and Persia Perota. Persia Perota continues to be just the powerhouse of this tag team because Indy still can't get her head in the game because now apparently Dexter disappeared from the hospital because uh, she got a call from the doctor saying, uh, yeah, no, Dexter's gone. He just, he left. He disappeared. So, <laughs> yesterday I, I spent about five or 10 minutes explaining what's going on with Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis and Persia Perota to my wife because she was asking me, oh, what's going on with Index? So I had to break it down for her, right? And then she was asking me, well, why isn't Indy Hartwell being featured on these matches? And why isn't she, like, being put? And I'm like, well, I mean, she's taking a little bit backseat because they're to trying to – I think they're trying to push Persia right now, you know, trying to, you know, put a little limelight on her. Mm-hmm. But I think they're trying to use Indy Hartwell more of an entertainment capacity because she just does such a great job carrying the story not only behind the scenes – but in the ring as well. Like her, like, like when she heard about the story, when she heard that the doctor said, Oh, your husband's not in the hospital, he's missing, she's just devastated. And she's in the ring, just completely she, no, I'm gonna tag. She's right there, and she's just completely she gets tagged and she's still completely dude. Andy Hartwell telling a story that well is just too good. Yeah. They saw how good she was doing with the whole relationship storyline, and they just can, they're still going with it because they found a niche that really works for her. And they're at the same time, they're developing somebody else in Persia because eventually she's gonna snap on Indy and she's gonna be, you know, the uh the big strong heel in the women's division at this point. So, which is completely fine because they're doing a great job building her up. But yeah, Indy's just done a really great job character-wise. It's just keep it going, you know, until they actually have some sort of payoff with Dexter whenever they bring him back, especially now that Dexter, the show, is returning, uh, is, is coming back. So now it kind of plays off of maybe that's why Dexter disappeared. Maybe he's on the Dexter show. Who knows? Um, but we'll see how this continues to play out. Uh, but Persia continues to look dominant. But, man, just like you said, we started off the show with the ladder match. We ended this ladder match uh, with the show with the ladder match. Johnny Gargano and Braun Breaker. Braun getting that win. Okay, 2.0. It. It's gonna Quick be prediction. Too Quick good prediction. Black and gold or 2.0 gets the win on Sunday night. Oh, God. It, it, it should. It should, without a shadow of a doubt, be black and gold. Should but it's be. gonna it's gonna be 2.0 because this oh, is God. what it is about. It's building NXT 2.0. Braun Breaker is gonna get the big win. If not, it's Carmelo Hayes, but it's gonna be Braun pinning Tommaso Ciampa. To really establish why he should once again get another shot at Tommaso. I'm gonna say, you know, I'm gonna gonna, I'm gonna stay loyal to my black and gold, even though I know that 2.0 is gonna win. I'm gonna stay loyal to black and gold, and I'm gonna say that black and gold is gonna win. 
Uh, but this week's NXT, bro, fire. Good show. Good go-home show. Solid 8.5 on my end. Um, you know, nothing crazy, you know, like fire on a table to get you that nine, right? Yeah, you're not going to get that uh, extra point. <laughs> you're not, not going to get that extra half a point. But eight, solid 8.5, great go-home show. What about you? I'm going to give it an eight just because, uh, again, the the 2.0 promo in-ring to me came off kind of sloppy. It, it was weird. Like Grayson Waller turned this hard fake, uh, heel turn because these guys are being built now as the heels heading into this War Games match. And it just it, it felt kind of all over the place, especially with the, you know, again, like it felt like a, a, a freestyle where they all try to drop those four bars and had, you know, give the mic over to the next person. That and uh, the Andre Chase, uh, the not Andre Chase, the two cuts in segment. Like, it, it that's what killed it for me. That took a point off because yes. again, it looked yes. amateur. It was boring. I can and understand that. It, so um, that's why I gave it an eight. It was still, the ladder matches really saved the night for me, but those segments kind of knocked it down for where it could have been like a nine or an eight point five like we have for AEW. Knocks it down to an eight because it just that was the one hiccup that kind of really just yeah took that yeah step back. I agree I agree I I think you you hit it you hit it right on the head uh, with the two cuts in segment. You know, and I wasn't really Grizzardown veterans. What the hell are they doing, Grizzardown veterans? So. Dude, like, my God, you have like one of the best teams in NXT UK, and then they're relegated to stealing titles and doing stuff backstage. Successive operation. Don't be, guys. Don't be. I don't want to put this out there, but don't be surprised if they're included. If they're included in that next list of, uh, you know what. Send them back to UK, bro. Like, let, don't do them that bad. At least send them back For to the UK. At least, at <laughs> least, at least. All right, guys, well, that does it for our show. Before we head out, we got 7.5 from Stephen Chambers and an 8.5 from Christopher Ryan Cooper. Uh, we guys, we thank you so much for hanging out with us here for this last hour here on Sports Keto Wrestling. Uh, here at the debrief, uh, we'll be back next week with another exciting episode. With not only the results of war games, but everything that went down on NXT and AEW Dynamite. Uh, so it should be a fun Wednesday next week here on Sports Keto Wrestling. You guys can follow us at Jose G Official on my Instagram and on Twitter. You can follow Rico El Glorioso as well. And you can also follow our show, Ricans of Wrestling, on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. We are live every Thursday night. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. So make sure you go ahead and like, share, and subscribe to our channel over there on YouTube and on Twitch. And, of course, here on Sports Keto Wrestling, we've already reached over 23,000 subscribers. We're way on our way to 30,000. So thank you so much. Help us get there by like, sharing, and subscribing and smashing that notification bell so you never miss whenever we drop brand-new content we got brand new show with Diamond Dallas Page dropping tomorrow on Instagram at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, PM. It's called The Bro Show. Vince Bro. Russo and Dr. Chris Featherstone are hosting the show with Diamond Dallas Page. They're going to be sharing stories and talking about the good old days and what things should be changed about the current product in pro wrestling. So check that out. That's tomorrow night at 10.30. And... We also got Bill Aptor, who has joined us in the Sports Keto Wrestling family. Bill Aptor, the legendary pro wrestling journalist, who will be uh, joining us and on the top story and producing his own show weekly. So we got a lot of stuff that's going to be dropping for you guys here during the holiday season. 
So, guys, we'll be on tomorrow night on Regans of Wrestling, 8 p.m. So we're going to be talking war games and giving our predictions uh, live tomorrow. So thank you so much for joining us. For Rico El Glorioso, I'm Jose G. And we'll see you guys next week here on The Debrief. And remember, when you're watching wrestling, you guys to do the one most important thing, which is what, Rico? Enjoy it. Enjoy wrestling. Good night, guys.